0: This is Zenat Narani the Clarity Coach and the co-host of The Bromley Buzz and I'm super excited because I've got an amazing guest here but is also part of my family. But first of all, uh, thank you to Newman Flexible Workspace because I am recording this interview from there. So if you need a co-working space then please do check them out. They have one up in Bromley North and another one in Bromley South which is called Devonshire. Right, so I have Chris Woodley with me and he is a British-Irish screenwriter, playwriter and performer, aren't you?
1: And (laughs) All of the above.
0: All of the above (laughs) and you've got such a story and you've done such amazing things but the main reason is... You were based here in Bromley, and so welcome to the Bromley Bars. I'm going to stop talking because it's about you, and you <laughs> need to be talking, not me. So welcome to the Bromley Bars, Chris. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. And yeah, tell us, um, tell our listeners a little bit about where you're from. Well, we already know where you're from, Bromley. Uh, yeah, your backstory, really.
1: Yeah, so I'm from... I was born in Bromley in 1982, and yeah, I went to the lovely Vine Primary School. Uh, and when I was younger, I got quite into dance, because I don't know if you've heard of Azalea Hall, which is in Beckenham, which is an amazing dance school, which I think is still going. And I really had this amazing time at Azalea Hall, enjoying like disco, Latin, ballroom. Um, and sort of the arts was something that I really escaped into when I was little. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm massively academic, even though I've had a career as a teacher. <laughs> yes,
0: you have. But
1: are you? I'm sort of a bit like a borderline C student, unless it comes to the arts. Hey,
0: I was a teacher, and I'm not academic.
1: Yeah, so I do. mean, <laughs> we all have different strengths and abilities. Absolutely. So I had a love. I was loving all the arts side of um, dancing when I was growing up. But the thing that sort of changed things for me. Um, was my amazing drama teacher Mr Hall who cast me in the school show when I was 11 and as a as a, at the time closeted kid um, growing up in like the 80s and 90s it was kind of quite a difficult time but I have very amazing forward-thinking lovely supportive parents so um, the arts was sort of like the, my lifeline really and Mr Hall cast me in this show and I just absolutely loved drama and then from that moment on, that was sort of my biggest passion to perform and act and be involved in theatre and drama. Amazing. Did you ever
0: think about going on to Strictly with all those talents?
1: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I <laughs> want to go on Strictly. <laughs> I, I mean, who doesn't love a bit who Strictly? Who doesn't? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, you know, when you it's, it's mentioned about being in the did you know very earlier on, yeah. That you were gay, or yeah. you kind of felt that something was different. Yeah. yeah,
1: so I mean, so I should say that my uh, I came, I kind of knew that I was gay from the age of about eight, um, and the primary school that I was at was an amazing primary school, and m- most of my friends at the time were mainly girls. Um, and being gay at a primary school wasn't too much of a problem because I was very much protected by the sort of people around me, whether it be that sort of, those girls or those teachers or, but the sort of shifting point for me happened when I joined an all boys school, um, in the early nineties. And I didn't quite appreciate, and I don't think, and my parents didn't, I hadn't, I didn't come out until I was 14 and I don't think my parents quite appreciated what sort of shift that would have going Mm. from a, a sort of a mixed primary school to an all boys, boys secondary school. And we're looking back at time. Early 90s is a very different time to where we are now. Absolutely. Um And I, yeah, I had a very difficult time at the school and I didn't engage in the arts and dramas of that school because I didn't want to spend a single second longer in that school. Mm, uh, but yeah. I still would go to my my Bromley Youth Theatre on a Sunday um, every morning. So drama really was my sort of like my safe space as Mm. it were um but I I came out to my mum when I was 13 which for some must feel incredibly young but I was very certain in my mind of who I was and what I was about and so I came out to my mum when I was 13 and she was fantastic about it and she's quite like She's incredibly well-read and more into literature and academia. And I remember she was so, she went to the, she went to Waterstones on, in Bromley and like said to this guy, oh, my son's just come out. And he's 14. Um, and I think the guy that she spoke to was a gay guy and he was like, here's a load of literature that he wow. gave her for free oh my God, to, for me to read, for her to read and sort of, because you don't, didn't have the internet back in those days. Yeah, what no, There weren't resources. Yeah, it, was it was not Google. No,
0: there was no Google then.
1: <laughs> there was no YouTube link to explain all this. Yeah, but you
0: either had to find a community or people or books. That was kind of the way to do it.
1: It, it really was. So yeah. like the book that I loved reading was called One in Ten, which was like the idea that one in ten people identify as queer, was what we would say now. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I had I read those books, that literature, and felt much more at ease, but I was still at this secondary school. And then a year later, I came out to my dad and... To give you a very broad brushstroke, like my dad is kind of a cross between Del Boy and Alan Sugar. And he's a very, like, huge crystal palace. <laughs> I've met him, so at wedding. at your wedding. <laughs> he's, like, he's, I love him. He's, he's great. Brilliant. But he's very no-nonsense, very kind of alpha male with the heart. And so it came out to him when I was 14, and it was a, actually a very positive reaction from him. And, yeah, I was... The guy that said to my mum, here's a load of literature, they run a group in Bromley called SNAP, which stands for, which stood for Sexuality Not a Problem, and it was on, oh God, is it Elmerson Road? The one next to Boots, what's it called? Um, it's just outside the Glades, that road between the Glades and Boots. Anyway.
0: Oh yes, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I can't so on. it was
1: just at the bottom of that road, okay. and he said they run a group, and it's called SNAP, and they it goes every Thursday, and so my mum drove me into this youth group and it was a safe space for kind of 14 to 21 year olds to to sort of meet other people of their age who were going through a similar experience and a similar thing um and it it was like it was a massive lifeline to me while I was spending all of that time having to go into school the next day from Monday to Friday and deal with essentially what was quite a lot of abuse Um, and I should say that the school has changed an awful lot since then and I've been back to the school and I had some I had a couple of amazing teachers there Um, but I really did not have a great time when I was at secondary school there was a lot of abuse it was on a daily basis and I think what people forget is if you, Chris Woodley, turn up at school and on your walk to school you have two pieces of abuse from one person each yeah. and then you arrive outside your form room and then you have some abuse and that's from a different person and then you come inside and you get some abuse it's the amalgamation of all of those different instances that create that sort of level of trauma which for the one person giving that one little comment means nothing to them it's just a joke or it's yeah, just... Yeah, when it's...
0: Yeah. I mean with all of that going on What was it that kept you going? Well... Or, you know, how was it in that sense that you, you know, you had to fight for who you are and what you want to achieve in life?
1: Yeah. I mean, there was some... I had had an amazing art teacher, an amazing media teacher, an amazing drama teacher who I think could all clearly understand that I was gay and I was, you know, I was out to myself and lots of people... Um, yeah sort of outside of that classroom experience when you're meant to be safe mm. knew, they kind of understood that I was probably dealing with those things but I think the thing that kept me sort of sane and sane was that I, when I was 14 I met an amazing person called Stephen who was in my form group who was also gay um, and we just became sort of thick as thieves and we went to that group together and I had an ally and a friend and we had had an amazing time as sort of teenagers outside of that school, um, having building, having a community, and having what was like a queer community outside of school hours, which mm. none of those students that we were doing our GCSEs with had any idea yeah. about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so
1: when they were like, you know, the highlight of their day was to go and hang outside uh, the Glade Shopping Centre. Mm. We were you basically were on a train to Soho and having an amazing time.
0: Soho's pretty cool. Yeah, it
1: is when you're 15, 16. You
0: know, Soho, Glades. I mean, who doesn't love the Glades? I, mean, I know, the Glades I, is beautiful. I mean, what, oh, yeah, come
1: on. I've just been down there, I was just reminiscing about it's how cave. I used to work at, I used to work at Abbe, which was the Belgian if restaurant. That's that was right, above, yes. Yeah.
0: That used to be um, my sister and myself, our favourite place to go. Every time we'd go shopping, we would, uh, this would generally be Christmas time. Yeah. Um, we'd go into the Abbey, have vino and their olives. Right. Then we'd go shopping, and then we'd come back, have some more vino and olives. Maybe we'd have their lamb chops. And, oh, it was so good. It's a shame it closed down. It
1: is a shame. We—I I, was my first job. I was a glass collector in Abbey, and me and Stephen both worked there. So it was absolute trouble. We'd go in, and we'd be like, Fantastic. we'd like to have Madonna's Immaculate Collection on from Saturday <laughs> till Sunday. and The managers, we'd like terrorise the managers. They'd be like, we can't have Madonna and Kylie playing all weekend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so far, I don't you know the Abbey. Um, the Abbey sorry, used yeah. to be. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> is literally um, outside the Glades where the Queen's Garden is, which then turned into Belgo. Right. Um, and then Belgo closed down, I think, just before lockdown, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Oh,
1: Abbey.
0: Good memories. Good old Abbey. So, yeah, so from Beckenham, actually, isn't it, Bromley? Yeah. Um, it, you know, just really quickly, going back to what we were talking about before, you had Snap there, but were there other outla- outlets within Bromley mm that people could go to like you know the lgbt community
1: i mean so the thing different people will sort of you might not necessarily understand what it was like at the time but if you're you know and i was very young like to come out at 14 so where does a 14 year old go in 1998 or 1996 rather and figure out who they are um uh, in bromley there was just snap but the you know and the queer community back in those days was like an in person community. There wasn't Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. That's not where you made your community. You made your community in the pubs. So you'd go to um, you'd make your, you'd go to Greenwich, the Gloucester. Mm. You'd go to mm. you know the Roebuck in Lewisham. You'd go to. I was thinking what what was the name of that gay pub in Bromley? Was it the Crown? Oh, anyway.
0: Yes, the uh, no tigers. Head, I think it's up towards Bromley South. It's kind of Station. very much on its, on own. its own, yeah, yes. down
1: yeah. the road. Yeah, so or, or there. Correct. They do it great would... Indian food there. Oh,
0: right. So I've heard.
1: <laughs> it's on the list. We, uh, yeah, so you'd have a much more like physical in person community than you would an online community, but Snap was the place. Mm. Um, and, and also outside of Snap, your sort of my other safe space was places like the Bromley Youth Theatre, where I did a lot of shows, and Bromley Little Theatre. Um, but yeah, my, my art teacher actually at the all boys school I was at suggested the Brit school. So then when I turned 16, I auditioned for Brit Mm. and then I went to the Brit school, which if people don't know, is an amazing performing arts school in Croydon. Um, and the Brit school was kind of the thing that sort of changed my life because I went from a very, um, you know, where you're uniformed suit every day and, do the three C's, which was courtesy, cooperation, and common sense, and then you go to Brit school, and I can literally wear whatever I want and be whoever I want, and yeah. um, learn about arts. And it was much more actually Brit as a community is much more of an integrated community than, than I had when I was at my other school. So, yeah, I those were the sort of safe spaces. By the time you're sixteen, in that back mm. in the nineties or late nineties.
0: Fantastic. Okay. Great. So, um, I want to really dive into kind of your career, you know, this what yeah. you've done, the successful highlights of it, um, because you know it's absolutely amazing to have somebody who's from here, you know, and this is what the Bromley Buzz is all about. It's about highlighting the amazing people like yourself that have come out of here, gone on to do things, and inspire other people as well, mm. and. Let our Bromley community know there's so much here mm. uh, for others to to do and places to go. Yeah,
1: I think that just on that point about Snap, I think they have. Cha- I think that community still exists, but it's called that. something else. It's called like Metro or Retro something okay. group. But it might be it might be like a bigger group that's that exists in Lewisham. I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, I'm going to look into that one.
1: So tell us then, um,
0: yeah, I I, I don't know where to begin actually, (laughs) where would you like to begin? So yeah,
1: Yeah. after Brit, I went and did three years at Middlesex Uni, uh, and then after that I went and worked um, for a theatre and education company for a few years, and by the time I sort of got to my mid-twenties I decided that I wanted to train to be a teacher, so I trained to be a teacher at Goldsmiths Mm -hmm. uh, in New Cross to be a drama teacher, and then I, at the time, Uh, At the time, my partner was based in Cambridge, and we were living in Cambridge. But a job came up at Ravensbourne School.
0: Oh my goodness, so you're coming back here. So that was never
1: the plan. And by this time, all of my family, or my immediate family, had left Bromley. Mm. And this job came up at Ravensbourne, and and it was what's your NQT year, which is your first year of Mm. teaching. So I'd done my year of training, and I applied for the job. And, I, and I'll be very frank, I was quite hesitant about saying yes to the job because I had slight feelings about going back into a secondary education yeah. in Bromley. Okay. And um, yeah, and I went to Ravensbourne and I had an amazing drama. There was an amazing drama department there. Miss Morell, she's still there. Shout out to ishel um, and Maria it's a beautiful school as well it is a great <gasps> school stunning the so yeah. it's very it's very grand mm. I didn't feel grand <laughs> <laughs> for it. I was like yes you are, you uh, are I was like uh, is this is very kind of yeah um, so yeah so the school I was very lucky I had an amazing drama, drama department but just to sort of wrap up that point before I talk about the next bit I was going to say Even in 2006, post Section 28, which if people don't know, was a policy that said you couldn't promote homosexuality to something, to to an equal heterosexual relationship. After Section 28, there was still this very much kind of vague whether or not you could talk about sexualities in schools. So going back to Bromley, I very early on said to my line manager if i'm going to work here i'm going to need your backing when i experience abuse and mm. i and i did experience an awful lot of abuse a lot of the time but the positive don't worry there's yes. always okay. a there's always there's, a always a positive. there's a great positive there's two sides to no, a the the positive was was that my the my boss was like you're going to report every single incident we're going to have accountability for every single incident and there was there was loads in the first 3 months i was like spending more of my time to be like i walked across the playground someone screamed and shouted this at me someone said this to my face someone you know it goes on and on and on but within about kind of 3 to 6 months it very much calmed down and then after that time the kind of culture of the school started to change Uh, I was directing schools about... I was directing plays about sexuality. Amazing. Um, There were no... How should I phrase this? There were no openly members of... There were no openly gay members of staff at that school. I was the only openly gay member of staff. Um, And within about nine months, a handful of the students then came out, having gone into that school and someone else sort of make a safe space and say it's okay to be gay I'm someone that's very proud of who I am I'm proud of being from Bromley and that made a real shift and a change in the culture of the school so you've
0: made a huge impact there
1: well I find you know going to Ravensbourne wasn't you know wasn't my first radio I did it on my teacher training you go to every school Mm. and you have this like two to three periods where you have to like set out your stool and say I'm not going to take any uh, BS nonsense from anyone I will there will be accountability yeah. and then you find that the kind of culture slightly shifts a bit and people calm down and then you find that you manage to like create a safe space for other people to to feel who feel comfortable enough to be who they are and I've seen that in the five schools that I've worked in Amazing. after after that school but um yeah so after Ravensbourne I then carried on teaching and when I was 30 I trained Uh, I went back to drama school and trained to be an actor at the age of 30 and I found out I was dyslexic and decided to write the final showcase scene at drama school that me and my best mate were in and I anonymously put it forward to the director and it got selected to be performed which was a huge confidence boost for...
0: That's amazing, I saw that on your website and then on the site of the the agency that you're on as well.
1: Yeah, so it was. It got so it was performed at the Criterion, and then I, um, me and my mate, we created a Hyphen Theatre Company, and I ended up writing a play, an autobiographical play about a boy that comes out in a secondary school and mm. then comes back uh, to that Bromley secondary school and works as a teacher. And the play is called Next Lesson. It's about Section Twenty Eight, and so that I wrote that play, um, the first thing I ever wrote. And then it had a sold-out night at the Pleasants and we were invited back. We then had a sold-out week at the Pleasants. Yeah. And then that's the play that kind of changed the course of history for me because it went to be workshopped in New York, off Broadway, then went and had a life in Australia, back in London. Mm. And it's funny when those sorts of things that were your, like, what's the word? Those 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 things that were challenges in your life that you managed to channel into something creative and positive become the game changers for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's interesting you say that because it's all it's how you look at it, and all those challenges. And it, I think that's such an important message. Just because there are challenges in life, doesn't mean that life is going to be doom and gloom. Mm. It can transform, and it has transformed your life in many different ways.
1: Yeah, that's so. That play, and you
0: are the person you are today,
1: with all of the stuff that's come from the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But you've
0: been strong enough for that, that to not pull you back. I mean, of course you've. I'm sure you've had your challenges where it you felt like, oh God, you know, you don't want to move forward anymore, and all of that. But you're here now.
1: Yeah, so and I didn't. That way. I didn't deal with all the stuff to do with my secondary school until I was about thirty. Oh. That's. And that's when I felt ready to write about it and sort of and sort of mm. acknowledge it. But it was amazing. Yeah, the, you are you. You're talking about highlights just before we had this mm. chat, and I was thinking about what was the one of the biggest highlights for me, and that was in two thousand and sixteen. Um, two years after Next Lesson was on in London, it got it had a workshop um, in America. Mm. And it was the strangest feeling coming out of a subway stop in Times Square, walking four blocks, arriving at this space, and then sitting down with a cast of actors and then talk them being characters in Bromley, talking about the Burger King opposite Churchill Theatre and like <laughs> I was and that just like blew my mind when people are talking about yeah. the culture of Bromley, like Bromley yeah. and culture of Beckenham. Um and yeah, that was amazing. So the direct, the person that directed that was Alan Moroka, who is, who's, who's on Sesame Street. He, he's one of, he's the, oh, own, he? he's the longest serving human, not puppet, <laughs> hum, puppet human. <laughs> human character on Sesame Street. Um, oh, Alan, no Alan Hooper, the workshop guy, and he, he directs on Sesame Street even now. He's there on HBO. And my brother, who now lives in New York, came to, um, came to Times Square to watch we watched the watched the the workshop of it and I, we were just looking at each other being like wow. this is That's bonkers. Great. Yeah. But also beautiful.
0: Yeah. Gosh <laughs> It's a bit bonkers, isn't it? <coughs> Excuse me. So um Bromley Little Theatre. Hmm. Let's talk about that. Yes. As well as Churchill I believe. Yes. Um BLT. BLT. I mean it's just such a beautiful, beautiful mm. little theatre. And for anyone who doesn't know about BLT, it's towards Bromley North Station. And it used to be a bakery mm. in the 30s, I think it mm-hmm. was, the 1930s, it was a bakery.
1: Yeah, it's a great... Are going there tonight? <laughs> We're going there tonight to see the incident room, which yes. will be fabulous.
0: Which your friend, gone
1: Yeah, my mate Olivia Hurst, um, she's one of the co-writers of the show. Um, and she only got married last weekend, and I was there. And I yeah. said, babes, I'm off to see your play at my little Bromley little theatre, which I used to be at. So. <laughs> it's a shame she can't come down. She can't oh, no. she's I in, She's
0: well, she in yeah. She's in
1: Yorkshire. She's on honeymoon, honeymoon, actually. Honeymoon,
0: actually, <laughs> yes. Honeymoon. Um, yeah, yes,
1: BLT. Yeah. BLT. So, big shout-out to BLT. I was at the Bromley-Churchill Youth Theatre for a number of years, and when I was there, um, from my memory, a woman called my mum up and said, they're doing a new show. Um, at B.L.T. and they're looking for a young actor to play the part of the son in a play, and I was like, "Will your, Will Chris audition for it?" And I was like, "Sure." So they sent the sides, and I um, went to uh, I learnt the sides as well as I could, and then this I can't remember the lady's name. I'm going to go and Google it after this. She came and she sat in the dining room. She heard my very best American accent, which is weird because now I've spent a lot of my theatre career performing American characters. Let's hear an American accent. I'm not going to do it. Oh, chicken!
0: Maybe can't put you're me under going. that pressure. Under
1: pressure. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I got the lines, and then I sat down. No, so I got, so I got the lines, <laughs> and good. I sat down, yeah. and I. Um, we call that general American, meaning there's no specific region I've gone with. No, so I sat down and I... It's all American to And I did, um, I did the scene and in the end they decided that this, this was their note, maybe it wasn't. They said, oh, we think he's too, he, he looks too old for the part now that we've seen him properly in person. So we're going to say no, but he, he, was, he was good, he was great. And then um, a couple of weeks later I got a call and they said, would you audition for um, a show called The Accrington Pals? And so I ended, up, I ended up being cast in The Action Pals and an amazing guy called Bob Morley directed me in it. And it was on in March 1996. And the lovely thing about it was it was a cast of um, all adult actors and just they needed one child actor. And I was 14, I think, at the time. And I just learned so much from that yeah. experience. Um, what was
0: the play about?
1: The play was about... Um, so the Accrington Accrington Pals, it was written in 1981, it's by Peter Whelan, and it's based on the Accrington Pals unit from the First World War, and it sort of contrasts the life experiences of people on the front line, um, going into war with the Battle of the Somme and the women that were left behind, um, in Accrington, and I played a son of one of those women that were left behind, um, so it's, it was kind of... It was. It was a. It's a brilliant play. That would have been
0: a perfect play for now with Remembrance.
1: That's what I was thinking the other week when I was yeah. reflecting on it. Um, they, I'd love to see that back on back on the, the stage at the BLT. Um, it was an. It's an. It was an amazing play. It's very kind of gritty, incredibly incredibly emotional, um, but it was my first taste of working with adult performers on stage because all of that amazing time I had at Bromley-Churchill Youth Theatre was people of your age from 14 to 16. So I learnt a lot from Mr Morley. He was great.
0: Amazing. We need to get you back in Churchill. And yes. in Bromley Little Theatre. Do you know what? We're going there tonight. Maybe we can uh, talk to a few people there and make those connections, because I would love to see that performance, that play. sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. I think... I I was...
0: Is that something you would like to do? So, uh,
1: there is... So, I would love to... um, When Next Lesson was on in London, we had a conversation with Bromley Churchill Theatre that dates, times, the finances of it couldn't work because they have a studio space, so we'd hope to try and get Next Lesson in. But but something I want to add is that the text, Next Lesson, was published by Aurora Metro, um, and then... The Brit School, who I mentioned, are a school that I've had a continuing relationship with since I left in 2000. Um, and they have taught that play about Bromley in, in a Croydon school. And other friends of mine, other contemporaries, have you know taught this play about Bromley across the UK. However, I don't think Next Lesson has ever been explored as a text in Bromley or Beckenham so I would love to see I mean invite me to it I'd love to see a performance of Next Lesson in any Bromley school I'd love to see I mean it'd be a dream one day to see us to see Next Lesson on a the BLT or or Churchill or something or something Mm. like that as maybe is that
0: something you would direct yourself
1: I'm not really I'm not really a director, and I think that's sort of up for someone else yes, to, to interpret do. and bring their own gifts and talents to, but I've seen Next Lesson performed. I, the Brit School did it, then they took it to the Houses of Parliament and performed Ooh. it as part of the anniversary of Section 28, which was amazing. And I've seen a couple of other... Um, I then have worked, worked in Hackney schools and, and taught Next Lesson in Hackney and seen other people's interpretation of it. But it does seem a slight missed opportunity not mm. to have... A play about Bromley performed in Bromley.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a missed opportunity. Something needs to be done with that one.
1: We'll put it into the universe and we'll see what happens. And
0: uh, (laughs) we'll get Darren on that as well, Darren Wheel, who's not, you know the co-host as well yes and he's not here unfortunately uh because he's finishing off some some deadlines for his editorial clients oh i see so yes he's a busy 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 man at the moment busy bee busy bee yes exactly (laughs) uh right so it's really interesting to you know hear all about that um i was reading on your website as well i've kind of gone off my questions there that's okay no that's fine um your autobiography... I can never say it. autobiography for a biographical... My biograph-
1: autobiographical gra- play. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Don't worry, I can't Darren say it does either. does this to me
0: all the time. I can never say things and he'll say it for me. The The solo show, The Soft Subject.
1: Yes. The Soft Subject is about, is, is about me going to having... So I had this aspiration when I was young, which was to, like, marry... Prince Eric off The Little Mermaid, who didn't? No. Wasn't that your aspiration when you were no. young? What was it?
0: It was to skate and
1: do... <laughs> Where's I the Disney sk- movie about skating? I,
0: nev- I was never into Disney movies and that. Oh I was goodness.
1: never into dolls, and I was, I was a tomboy growing okay. up. <laughs> <laughs> so it, so it, definitely, it definitely wasn't to marry Prince Eric from the Little Mermaid. No, okay, no, it was probably to marry uh,
0: the mermaid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a different show.
0: It's a different show.
1: Yes. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> so, when I, so yeah, I loved Disney movies. When I was a kid, and I watched The Little Mermaid about thirty times. So the so the show The uh, Soft Subject is an autobiographical solo show about my aspiration of essentially living happily ever after, and I and I wrote it in twenty sixteen. And it's sort of a drama lesson, which has an introduction, a starter activity, a main task, assessment for learning and evaluation. It sounds super dry as, like, as I described that, but essentially...
0: Sounds like a lesson
1: plan. It's a lesson. <laughs> I, I take the audience through a very fun lesson plan. So it's kind of stand-up <laughs> comedy meets drama. Um, and it's it was all autobiographical, and it spoke about how I ended up falling in love with someone who I thought was going to be my Prince Eric. And then that all came crashing down quite spectacularly and I won't ruin how um and how my you know like I said my very tough talking dad was one of the people that was around me and was so up for me having a happily happy ever after Mm. with a man and so up for seeing his kids thrive and you know live and live their best lives but when that didn't happen and I didn't sort of get married and have kids and all of that then I, yeah, I, I didn't deal with that particularly well and it was sort of about, it's about men, it was about mental health and mm-hmm. how I had to sort of recalibrate to being 30 and single and having to sell the house that me and my partner at the time had bought. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the bigger themes about that not living happily ever after is like the shame that we feel, regardless of who we are, like mm-hmm. the shame that you feel when a relationship ends. And if it's been a very long-term relationship you've spent time and hours and love with someone else's family. How do you separate yourself Mm. from another person's family? And so I I did the show and I took it to Edinburgh Festival and I had this amazing response, especially from women over 30, over 40, who came to the show and spoke to me after about, I went through a divorce, I found it incredibly difficult, Mm. they struggled with their mental health, um, and I was dealing with um, feelings around contemplation of suicide which you know it's we're like talking 12 years ago so it feels Mm -hmm. like a very long time ago but um that was that that was kind of me then going back into therapy and 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 understanding um where I got to the point that I was and why I wanted to live happily ever after so I, I won't I won't spoil it for you the play is called the soft subject it's available um it's available online, but that was that was my autobiographical solo show. Yeah,
0: lovely. I, I did like the picture of you in there, kind of. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it as if my list. Yeah, go list on. Just, no, me, just describe what you With do the it. mermaid, and you're like, ee, you know, <laughs> and the photograph. And it's I'm beautiful. holding.
1: I'm holding a little aerial doll. So it's yeah, like pu- puppetry yes. meets comedy yeah. meets theatre. Um, Amazing.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, things like that are really really important, um, as we know now, because um, everyone's got. A story mm. and it doesn't matter who you are uh, there is no face to it everyone goes through these things uh, at some point in their life whatever it may be So, thank you okay. um, I've lost my train of thoughts now sure. so um, in terms of oh, we'll probably come back to it but in terms of Bromley yeah what is it that draws you back
1: to Bromley I just love I mean, today, I've, before we have met to record this, I just, you know, I rocked up and... Just took a walk through the high school. I just love... It's just familiar. It's home. It's where I learnt to be who I was. And, you know, walking down to that Snap Youth Group or walking mm. to where the HMV used to be and I used to buy all my Spice Girls CDs, which is now <laughs> like a Robert Dias or something like that. Or...
0: Yes, the HMV's <laughs> in the Glades upstairs. Yeah.
1: And... I just, yeah, you, it's home, isn't it? It's where you're from. It's where you, it's the DNA of what made you. Um, and it's very down to earth. And it's no, I'd say Bromley's quite down to earth. It's no bullshit. Oops, sorry, it's no BS. <laughs> <laughs> it's very down to <laughs> earth. We'll let it go and we we'll go, yeah. Um, You've
0: got lovely lights going up now and yeah, Christmas I mean, feeling.
1: Yeah, and I should also say like, Southeast generally, like Lewisham, Croydon, that's where my family have come from and Mm.
0: yeah amazing
1: amazing so i would also also add the other thing which is the funny thing is now that i'm married when i got i've married someone from croydon and that you know that that
0: is bizarre isn't it well it's a
1: bit weird well it's it's (laughs) not weird but it's that thing of like i'm from bromley i went off i lived in cambridge for a while then i came back to london and then you know london's a big city Mm -hmm. But then I fell in love with a man from Croydon, and now we often in, now we're in East Croydon seeing my mother-in-law a lot.
0: You are yes, and you <laughs> recently moved to um, Sussex. Yes,
1: I've moved to Sussex. Sussex.
0: So yeah, I um, can't remember if I mentioned it, but uh, it's my cousin. Yeah, <laughs> it's my cousin that you're married to. <laughs> uh, a very lovely man as well, who's uh, very much a professor.
1: He is a professor. That's true. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: No. Great. Down. Yeah. Got great man there. Anyway, it's not about him. It's, not, it's about the birds and you. Um, on the flip side, when we're talking about Bromley, what do you think Bromley needs more of? Or what's missing, do you think, that could really bring Bromley to the heights? Whether it's the Ooh. arts or anything like that. I know it's... A, I mean, you've, you know, we can come back
1: to that question. I think... I do wonder about queer I do wonder about queer spaces, uh LGBTQ plus inclusive spaces. I, I, I it's hard because I'm not in uh not I'm not physically here anymore case, yeah, and I'm yeah. in Sussex. But I kind of you know, back in the nineties it was a much more conservative space. Mm-hmm. Um and I hope that we're still I hope that those things within schools i hope there is lgbtq inclusion in schools i'll give you an example the school i used to be at i know now that they do have an lgbtq um plus group and i hope that that's still being provided across yeah. other schools in the bromley area because it wasn't provided in my school but i don't know are there, oh, there is, is are, i mean there is is there a gay bar in bromley anymore is there a gay pub i don't think Not there that is I know of, no. and like 30 years ago there was, Mm. 20 years ago there was, now there isn't. So where are those physical, where are the physical spaces?
0: Because otherwise um, most uh, um, gay people are going down, the LGBT community go down to London. Yeah. Soho and all those areas. And I know that's,
1: I mean, we can just look at Soho now and say loads of those spaces in Soho that I used to be at have closed down because everything's moved much more online, but... I still think it's important to have a physical space. Oh, absolutely. So if, so if someone listens to this and they're like, "Well, Chris Woodley, of course there is. It's this." Then cool, let let me know. Yeah, I'd love let to us know. know, and we would but love to promote it. But I just it. don't. I just, I don't know that there is because every any place I go to, whether it be Bromley or whether or not where I live now, and I'm like, "Where is the nearest gay pub? Gay bar? Do they have a drag night? Do they do LGBTQ?" Uh, book group what's what's the vibe because I have
0: a feeling there might be in the Penge area I know there's the Bridge House Theatre do you know about the Bridge House I have
1: House? heard about the Bridge yeah, House Theatre yeah they do
0: a drive bingo night yes. there and all of that it's such a lovely place and I've seen quite a few little plays there as well yeah
1: so. that's amazing that's brilliant yeah. I just hope that we still yeah I hope that we mm. still have that but I mean not to I know this has got to be about positive news as well but I was going to yeah. say even for the arts with what's ha- with Bromley Churchill mm. Theatre and like there are question you know, question marks mm. about the future of that theatre, am I right? Supposedly, yes. Supposedly, yes. Or we can just we can not talk yeah, about
0: it. Yeah, I mean, there's things in, in you know, talk around, but we don't know really what's going on. Cool, we don't know what's um,
1: going on, but I'm like, for me, that is a huge... Yeah. I'm like, I feel very protective about that as a space absolutely, needing to yeah. stay for the arts, for community mm-hmm. in Bromley.
0: I, and you're absolutely right, because the Churchill and the BLT... Both of that brings people together
1: physically, yeah, community
0: together brings joy to people's life, their mental health, but also it's people who can't afford to go into London,
1: yes, absolutely, have got this at their doorstep, absolutely,
0: and it's so wonderful to have that,
1: yeah. You need to also, it's like. I don't oh, we've had want some great shows there. Uh, not ever. I I'm 41 and I don't always want to just have to engage with the community online. Certainly not online mm. at the time. I'd rather meet physically. Meet physically and see people face to face and it's a different energy. Yeah, that's it's a different energy, it's a different vibe and you find that there's more intersectionality when we're seeing one another face to face. It doesn't feel like that when it's online, but no. maybe someone would just say. Well, maybe
0: there isn't Bromley. That's an investigation that we need to do a bit more of. So yes, fab. if anyone out there is. is listening, as Chris said, then do get in touch with either Chris or the Bromley Buzz and let us know, because I think it's important news to kind of spread. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more. Of, um, one more. Of, I've, got, I've got loads of questions, but we'll be here till midnight. But you're a member of the BAFTA.
1: I am. You are. <laughs> yes
0: that's amazing I am,
1: yeah I'm a member of BAFTA Connect um, so after writing a number of plays in 2020 um, 2021 I started writing for screen and I wrote two rom-coms for a US um, production company last year one's called just for showmance one's called right place right time And they've now been made and been released in a couple of countries. I think the US-Canada release date is next year. I also then wrote an episode for Doctors, which is a BBC One continuing drama. And then I made an application to BAFTA last year and been accepted. Uh, So that's super exciting for me because I'm at the early stages of my screenwriting career, having done 10 years of theatre. So.
0: Brilliant. does that
1: mean red carpet and all of that? does it mean red carpets mm, it means more like come to a lovely screening of a new film that's coming up or I mean so BAFTA Connect is great because it's an opportunity for people who are at the same stage in their career like me which is I describe it as I'm just out of the starting blocks of being a mm. screenwriter I've done theatre for a decade and now I'm looking to meet other writers, directors, producers that have got their first sort of few credits um, on screen, whether that's film or TV. Um, and BAFTA Connect is basically its own hub of, co- of connecting those people with one another so that they can potentially collaborate. But it's, it's been really lovely.
0: Mm, sounds amazing. So what's your next um, steps for the future? Steps Where for the are future. Where are you headed? What's in the
1: highlight of the poem? So I'm currently... I've written my second episode of Doctors on BBC One, which will be out next year in May. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently just going back to writing at my third rom-com, um, which will be... Which I can't say anything about, but I'm excited yeah. that we're yes. back on the third rom-com after a writer's strike and an actor's right. strike in America.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, I heard about that, so this that's great news, yes. you're back on it.
1: so that's that. You can't that. say
0: any more about that one.
1: And I've um, just written a brand new spec script, which is a TV series based in Bromley about that youth group I used to go to so it's Dairy Girls meets my mad fat diary with a sort of rainbow (laughs) rainbow lens um and I'm working on a short film which we're currently looking for funding for um which is called Cloakroom Babes Um, oh
0: I love that name so
1: that's that's what we're working on at the moment um so
0: yeah so there's a lot in the pipeline then there
1: is quite a few irons in the fire I'm really excited to get back to writing the rom-com and yeah I'm the the short film is my first comedy short which means that you know i get much more of a signature about what the character you know the character and the story when you're writing rom-coms for america there's a certain kind of like vibe that it needs to adhere to whereas this short is much more uh cheeky chris woodley i
0: like the sound of that i can't wait to uh, see it (laughs) Um, I'm peering over, you've got something there First Nights magazine What's that? So, this, Have you already spoken about that one?
1: Yeah, this was um, When I knew it was coming on I wanted to just look at what I needed to, I wanted to remember who was in the cast For The Accrington Pals But this was a review for From the Kentish Times March 1996 hmm. um, And I, it gives It gives a sort of Overview of who was playing what character, and I just wanted to sort of remind myself of... What that was. Of what that that's was. amazing. So yeah. that was on
0: the first night this week's arts news in the area. Great. And the, that's the one that you sent to me, which yeah. is the BLT.
1: This is the BLT, and I had... So they used to have something called Spotlights, I believe, um, which was kind of like a newsletter. Um, and the, <laughs> it has... Where is it? It's like... They give a general review and they're like, and it said Christopher Woodley as Reggie. Also, I believe making his debut with us did an excellent job as a, as the naughty little lad. And I thought, typecast.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> fantastic.
1: So yeah, it was really lovely just reflecting on all those all those people. And I had a bit of a Google to see. Um, I don't. I'm not sure that any of the cast are now working in theatre. But it was so nice to sort of reflect on who. That amazing company yeah. that I worked with and alert loads from.
0: That'd be quite nice to have some sort of reunion. Yeah, in so to, at the BLT
1: tonight we're going to the BLT and we're seeing yep. the incident room, and it'll be my first time back in I think about twenty four years.
0: Yes, you were saying because um, yeah, nineteen ninety six you did your show, and nineteen ninety seven you saw a few shows, didn't you? Yeah,
1: and then that then I got into Brit and I ended up sort of getting swept away in the. <laughs> Performing arts schools of Croydon. You moved away from I was from still in my South East London release.
0: It's close, it's on the outskirts of um, <laughs> the borough of Bromley, isn't it? Um, is, if you've got a young person here in Bromley who's wanting to follow mm. kind of the footsteps that you've taken into playwright, screenwriting, what is your advice to them?
1: My advice would be to. Believe in your own talent, bet on yourself. Um, I'd reach out to other theatre organisations, write write small scenes, get them performed, nag people to have your work on, speak to your teachers at school if you think that they're going to be supportive of your writing. Um, I'd also say make sure that when you're sort of sharing the work with people that you appreciate that It's going to be, people are going to have opinions on you all the time in life and people are going to also have opinions on your writing so make Mm. sure that when you share it, you're ready for feedback.
0: I was actually (laughs) going to say to you, you know, what is it like getting feedback because you have to be ready. I mean, even now, there's so much talk about um, being open to feedback Mm. and with this kind of thing because you're so passionate.
1: Yeah, you have to kind of park some of your emotions at the door. But you hope, I've learned that you need to just give the work to someone who either knows you or you think is going to give you, you know, a little bit of positive with quite a lot of constructive feedback. Yeah. No one's going to respond well to being told, like, this is everything that's wrong with it. Like, yeah. how? where's the motivation? Yeah. But um, with the work... with. My writing, I I just shared it with a director who I'd worked with a lot at drama school. Um, Sorry, I'd worked with, um, I shared it with a director that I'd worked when I left drama school, who I knew would be kind of quite gentle about it. And then that sort of built my confidence. So Mm -hmm. don't, you know, if you don't write it and share it, no one's going to see it. So you can't keep it a secret forever. You've got to get your work out there. And if you, and if you don't tell the stories of the past, they can very easily be forgotten. Very true. And it's writers like yourself that do it in writing
0: or in TV or movie, which is going to keep those things going on, whether it's in a podcast, Mm. whatever whatever medium it is. Absolutely. Amazing. Uh, Do you have anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before you kind of tell us a bit about your social medias, if people want to find out more about you, if they want to get in touch with you because they want to work with you or want you to write for them?
1: I think no. The only thing I was going to say is that I, have sort of, I'd love to hear more about the arts in Bromley, whether it's theatre spaces or Bromley schools that might be interested in chatting more about next lesson. Definitely up for having a dialogue about that. And yeah, the next thing that I'm working on that's separate from those uh, rom coms will be a short film which could potentially be filmed in Bromley if the stars align. Um, but we'll be looking for funding and financing of that over the course of early next year. So if people want to reach out about that, they can. But yeah, my sort of, my next, my five-year aim, putting it out there, I'd love to see next lesson performed in a Bromley school. Like, it also, for me, I'm like, it doesn't even have to be the Bromley Churchill. Obviously, that'd be amazing. But it, yeah. it gives me, it would It'd be such a thrill to come to Bromley wow. and see to see that. Like I walked into the library at Bromley Churchill today and they've got the play on the shelf. It's been taken out, it's being used, which felt really special. Yeah. So I just love to see I'd love to see that now in twenty twenty
0: three. Brilliant. I love that. Funny enough that you're saying that, um Darren he worked on with um one of the ladies who's acting in Instant Room today. Great. in and a few other people with the at the Bromley Arts Festival, so I kind of got involved in it a little bit. But he was doing the main work, and I went and spoke at the launch event and, and did a bit of emceeing. But there could be that possibility. So we will open the doors. I, um, yeah, we'll take we'll see what can happen for next year.
1: We'll put it into the universe and see what happens. <laughs> it's there.
0: <laughs> so social media links.
1: Yes. Um... I'm not always on social media. My Instagram is at I'm Chris Woodley, uh, C-H-R-I-S-W-O-O-D-L-E-Y. Uh, and I have a website, which is www.chriswoodley.co.uk. Um, I'm not always on the social media because I don't find it. Sometimes it's a little bit like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: And your your profile's on the agency as well.
1: Yeah, so, you can, the agency as well.
0: Yeah, so... You, it's called The Agency, by the way, so it's... It,
1: <laughs> yeah, my, the agency for my writing is called The, the Agency. agency. <laughs> Just
0: in case you didn't get that. Fantastic. Do you know what? It has been an absolute, absolute pleasure. And I, I know there's loads more that I, I actually wanted to talk to you about. You know, the partnership with the Royal uh, Lyceum, if I pronounce that right, that you wrote a short film for, Ophelia, and um, the culture in quarantine.
1: Yeah. Felia Spice, yeah.
0: It's just like there's so much.
1: There's lots, but we've got dinner and a show to do. Tonight. We
0: have. And who knows?
1: <laughs> but thank you for also thank you for having me on, and I really appreciate it. I listen to the show, and it's really lovely to see a show promoting Bromley, talking about the community, trying to keep it more or less positive and supportive. But like like we said earlier, we've got to try and have moments where we're physically coming together in spaces to be present with one another and support one another and sort of that's that's really key to making things happen
0: it is absolutely and it it reduces which is massive here actually in the london borough of bromley loneliness so yeah uh i'm going to throw a question in here just one last thing if you have have you got a quote at all that you live by that you can end this (laughs) off with or some inspirational words
1: I can give you my favourite quote when you're writing, when you're writing a scene or a play is that you can't make a diamond without a few cups.
0: And there we have it. Love it. Thank you very much, Chris Woodley.